With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Tia Johnston. Tia, how's it going in Philly? Is it snowing or anything there yet? Um, no, and I'm very angry because it said it was going to snow all week, and then last night it changed to just rain and gray and sleet, and it's just miserable out. It's not even snowing to, like, make up for it. All right. I know. I it's so miserable here too. It's oh man, it's seventy one degrees. It's okay. just horrible. I don't know. <laughs> Hate you. Um, yeah, well, you know, that's why I don't live in the north <laughs> currently. So for for the fact that it's seventy one in late January. But uh <laughs> anyway, here on Stick to Sports we talk about things around the periphery of Ohio State Athletics as well as the things that keep us distracted and entertained in between games. Tia last week we talked about the fact that we are now officially in basketball season. And despite the fact that you are the co-managing editor of an Ohio State Athletics blog, you don't really follow the basketball, which ironically is like doing really well right now. Um, So I wanted to, on this episode, make sure that you are as up to date as possible without overwhelming you with all the details now and i know we're playing this for laughs because you obviously write about basketball still and and listen to everybody in our slack channel talk about the games and stuff and i'm sure you watch them too so it's not like you don't understand what's going on but i was going to give you a little details and answer any questions you might have because i feel like a lot of listeners might be in the same boat i I think a lot of times that happens ohio state is always really good in football so like all of the fan attention is on that. And then once that's over, people get into basketball for the stretch run in the Big Ten, then into the Big Ten tournament, and then hopefully and definitely this year into the NCAA tournament. So let's just start by determining where exactly you are in your Ohio State basketball fandom. Not necessarily this season, but like you're a lifelong diehard Buckeye fan. How did that translate to basketball up until this season let's like say. let me preface this with saying like college football is like my true passion I love college football I follow it down to the nitty-gritty you know basketball sure. I actually did grow up watching my mom and my grandparents are huge Ohio State basketball fans I worked at the Schottenstein Center my whole entire college career. I covered oh, basketball you? games. Yeah. What did you do? Because Connor Connor worked at the Shot, too. I know. And I don't know if we intersected or not, but I worked at in the um, administration office, so just like the front desk answering phones. Oh, okay. Um, but like Thad Mata and all the coaches would come up to the desk and like ask me for favors and come through the door and stuff. So like I knew – pretty much everybody in the building. And then I also covered games for Big Ten Network Student U when I interned for them. So I was like very 
knowledgeable with basketball right. then. And then as soon as I graduated, I I just have never been a huge basketball fan. And I don't know if it's because there are so many games that it's like, like once it gets down to the tournament or in the NBA, like the playoffs, I start to watch. But it's just like so hard to keep up of with. Course. Like Ohio State has gone from like number 25, now they're number 13, they were 21, and then I which I just can't keep up. So it's like, it's hard for me to just invest myself, I guess. Um, but this is the first year where I really have not been keeping up like I usually do. So if you think that the fact that a college basketball team has like 30 games in a season is a is a problem for you, I can't imagine you are much of an NBA fan, an NHL fan, oh, or no. a Major League Baseball fan when a normal season they have 162 games. Baseball, to me, Be careful. I like to go to games. I've, I never watch them on TV, again, until it gets like down to the last few games and it starts to get interesting. Okay. That's fair. I think that's, you know, I still, well, I, I'd say I don't. My brother and I split a uh, Major League Baseball, like, streaming package because we don't live uh, anywhere that normally broadcasts Cincinnati Reds games. So I still watch baseball, um, you know, not religiously, but uh, but I think you're right. I think a lot of sports fans are like that now, too. Like, they watch the NBA when it gets to the postseason. They might watch the NHL playoffs if there's a team that they're interested in. And then um, when it gets to the Stanley Cup finals, um, they might watch that. Baseball, probably don't even watch the postseason, maybe watch the World Series. But like, I think you're like a lot of sports fans. So I think this can be a very helpful thing for folks like you in Buckeye Nation. So you mentioned the fact that uh, Ohio State is currently ranked number 13 in the uh, in the AP poll. They're number 15 in the coaches poll. Currently, they are actually number 17 in the NCAA net rankings. Do you know what the net rankings are, Tia? I do not. Okay, so these are the rankings that they came up with a few years ago that are specifically used to determine, like, rankings for the NCAA tournament. They used to have this thing called RPI, which they don't use anymore. They break down your rankings based off of like your record, your road record, your neutral court record, your home record, which all of those things really don't matter as much this year. But then they break them down into quad one, two, three, and four records. That is basically saying out of all of the teams in the rankings, and I don't even remember what the quads are. If it's like 50, I think it's 50. So like, uh, what's your record against top 50 teams, the second 50 teams, the third 50 teams, and the four 50 teams? Ohio State, this is the third year for the net rankings. Ohio State actually started both of the previous seasons as the number one team in the net rankings. They are currently 17th, which is pretty good considering the fact that the Big Ten is by far the best conference in college basketball um, right now. They actually have uh, the number one, or they have one, two, three, four, five five uh, teams in the top 20. So they have a quarter of the top 20 teams in the net rankings. In terms of of what they, they're looking like for the bracket, Joe Lenardi, um, who's ESPN's bracketologist, and this is actually different. I recorded a podcast with Connor last night, and at that point, Joe had them as a four seed. He actually has Ohio State, Ohio State as a number three seed. So like they're doing well, um, like you said. So it's a, it's a season that should be exciting, but they have some issues as you've probably heard us complain about in slack <laughs> so coming in what players on ohio state's team like are you 
really familiar with? What ones are you like kind of familiar with? And then if you are completely unfamiliar with them, I can't imagine you would actually know their names. So Dwayne Washington, Michi Johnson, CJ Walker, Kyle Young, um, who's a really tall guy. Ibra. There aren't any. <laughs> oh, Ibrahima Diallo. Yeah. Ibrahima Diallo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't play, though. And Seth Towns. Okay. And EJ Liddell. Yeah, yeah. EJ. Those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah, those are all. That's good. You got a, a good chunk of the players that are contributing. I'm impressed that you got Michi Johnson because he's only been on the team for like two, three weeks now. Well, but that. Yeah, but he intrigues me because he's like an infant. <laughs> yes, he is a 17 year old who graduated high school early to enroll uh at ohio state in january so that he could play the second half of this season and not have it count towards his eligibility because of the ncaa changing eligibility rules around COVID. so it's smart it's actually a really smart thing to do um for a guy who was already going to be in the he's i mean as a senior so he was going to be a part of the 2021 recruiting class he gets an extra half year under chris holtman which cannot be a bad thing for someone's college prospects so But you started that talking about Dwayne Washington Jr., who was a junior guard at Ohio State. He is actually Ohio State's leading scorer, uh, putting up 15.3 points per game. He is he's a two guard, a a um, a shooting guard, but he's not exactly shooting great this season when it comes to like just regular shooting percentage. He's pretty low down there he's like third from last on the team um but he is one of the few guys that can like put up a lot of points in a game by shooting like he's somebody who like can create his his own uh shots he can go in he can hit threes at times but he's very very streaky he can be really really hot or he can be really, really cold. And that's been like that for his entire career. So so that's uh, that's a good guy to know. He is also the nephew of five-time um, world champion with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, Derek Fisher. Fisher is also currently the head coach and general manager for the WNBA's Los Angeles Sparks. So he's got great bloodlines. He can score, he can shoot, but he is not the most reliable guy uh, on the team. Do you want to guess one of the guys you mentioned is Ohio State's number two scorer and their leading rebounder? Do you, are you able to guess who that is? Ooh, um, is it EJ? It is EJ Liddell. EJ yes. Liddell is a very good. You're, too, see, you're not bad. You know what <laughs> so you're I talking about. Well, I keep up about. with our Slack conversations. You guys are really good at updating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we do. EJ Liddell is a sophomore who came on um, towards the end of his freshman season and actually looked like pretty good but he he's pretty much he's a similar player to Caleb Wesson so we didn't get a ton of time last year but he is averaging 14.5 points per game and is is, will probably end up with more than that because he's been uh, playing pretty well lately he's averaging 6.8 rebounds as well and he's the only player on Ohio State's team that is averaging more than one block per game he's not a guy who is going to be a like one of those stretch guys that you see so much in the NBA where he's like a four, but he can go out and shoot. He can shoot. He's hit a few three-pointers this season, but he is very much a below-the-rim, in-the-paint kind of guy. He's been stretching out his range a bit all season, but he's very similar to Caleb Wesson's style, you know, a little bit like Jared Sollinger as well. He's not, I mean, very few players can be Jared Sollinger, but, you know, similar style, closer to the basket, back back to the rim, but can also 
uh, hit, a, hit an occasional J and an even more occasional three-pointer. Um, there's some guys on the team that you didn't mention that are playing pretty well, but they have were not really on the team last year. Ohio State's third leading scorer is Justice Suing, who I don't know if his parents were lawyers or something, but the fact that his first name is Justice <laughs> and his last name is Suing. Yeah, like... Yeah, so I don't know what that's all about, but he's a transfer from Cal. He was on Ohio State's team last year, but he had to sit out because he transferred. He's averaging 10.5, basically, points per game, and Dwayne Washington and Justice Suing have pretty much been the guys who have been bringing the ball up the floor for the past couple weeks because C.J. Walker, who you mentioned, who is Ohio State's like 19-year point guard, he... Hurt. He, he. I don't know if he tore or strained ligaments in his right hand, which is his non-shooting hand, um, and he missed four games. Ohio State went three and one in those. He came back for the Wisconsin game on Saturday, which Ohio State won, which really shot them up in the rankings a little bit. Uh, but Dwayne Washington and Justice Suing have both been the guys kind of like doing the ball handling while C.J. Walker is out because Ohio State's backup point guard, who is also uh, a transfer from Bucknell named Jimmy Sotos has a serious shoulder injury. So he's been out as well. Um, so those things are Im- important to know. Just assuming he's been good this year. Like he's not, I think Ohio State fans expected him to be a lot better. He led Cal in scoring um, his sophomore year before he transferred, but he's been fine. Like he's been good. He hasn't been great. Um, similar to Seth Towns. Like Seth Towns has not had a ton of action. And as we know, He is the former Ivy League player of the year. He's a Columbus native, came in with a lot of expectations, but he just hasn't gotten healthy. He sat out the last two years at Harvard, two years with knee injuries, and he's only been able to really get back into games um, over the past month, and he's doing fine. He's averaging like five and a half points per game, two rebounds per game. He's averaging 10 minutes a game. He's slowly getting back to where he could be productive, but... This is where it's actually kind of exciting, though, Tia. Like, when he's been on the floor, like, he's looked great. Like, he's looked like he might be the best player on the team, but he can only play so so long, and then he's got to sit. But because of that NCAA rule that we talked about with getting Michi Johnson on campus, this year doesn't count. So he's going to be back next year. And Chris Holtman said, I don't think you're going to see Seth Towns really be Seth Towns until next season. So that's actually really something to look forward to. How many games has he played this year? He's played in 10. That's basically like, I think he had his first game um, towards the end of December. And so he's been, so he's been um, kind of playing here and there since then. Like I said, 10 minutes a game, not a ton uh, of time, but you know, like I said, putting up five points a game, he's shooting really well, 68.8% shooting 40% from three point. Um, basically 89% from the free throw line. Like he is a good, he's a really good all around player. I mean, he's fairly tall. He's like six, eight. He's one of the taller guys on the team. So definitely something that to look forward to for next year. Uh, the big issue, in addition to not really having a ball hander, like I talked about with, um, with CJ Walker being out Tia is the fact that Ohio state doesn't have a center and they just don't have any big guys. They've got Ibrahima Diallo, who you mentioned, who is 6'10, but he doesn't play. Like, he's not like 
he he's a project and he's a sophomore. He's got a long way to go. And I mentioned this with Connor in our podcast. That's probably already out by the time you hear this. But eight of Ohio State's top 10 scores are between 6'5 and 6'8. So there's a, a lot of interchangeable drill bits. And some of those guys, like I said, with EJ Liddell, he's more back to the basket. Kyle Young is very much a grinder inside. Then you've got Justin Arns, who is a three-point machine. Let's talk about him in a second. But a lot of guys are pretty much the same. They don't have any big guys down low. And that's a problem in the Big Ten when you look at guys like Luca Car- Luca Garza for Iowa and Kofi Coburn. You don't have somebody to take on those big dudes that the Big Ten is known for. And obviously, that is important as Ohio State comes down the stretch. They're going to have to play Iowa a couple times. They have to play Illinois again, who's really good. And then who knows who you match up with the NCAA tournament. So so that's, that's a problem that Ohio State has not addressed in years. Caleb was never, I mean, Caleb is a, was effectively Ohio State center, but he was only 6'8". So that's something that Chris Holtman really needs to address if he wants to. Like, he might prefer it this way. I don't know. But, I mean, it would be nice to them for them to have somebody big in the middle of that, uh, both offense and defense. Now, I mentioned Justin Arns. Do you know anything about Justin Arns? I know just based off of your guys' conversations and Connor's recap of the game that he is a good three-point shooter. Yes, not only is he is a, a good three-point shooter, um, all he does is shoot <laughs> three-pointers. And I'm that's not a joke. At this point in the season, and again, depending on when this comes out, they might have already played Penn State or not. But at a time, as of recording time, Justin Arns has taken a very nice 69 shots from the field. 60, <laughs> 67 of them have been threes. He's made 35 shots and 34 of his makes were from three. So he really only shoots threes. But... Justin Arns is currently leading the Big Ten with a 50.7% shooting percentage from beyond the arc. So basically, he makes half of his three-point shots, which is just unbelievable. I'm not putting him in the Diebler um, department yet, but like that is very Diebler-esque. But he's somebody to look for. Like, he's a lot of fun. We mentioned Kyle Young, who I'm sure you remember which one, who he is, because he's been, he's like one of Ohio State's like only seniors that have been on the team from the jump. Uh, CJ Walker's a transfer from uh, from Florida State. Jimmy Sotis is a transfer from, from Bucknell. And then Abel Porter is a transfer player who didn't actually get to play this year because of an illness. He's a from Utah State, I believe. And then Jansen Davidson, who is a a walk on. So he's Kyle Young's the only player on Ohio State's team who's been here, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior years. The one thing that's new about Kyle Young, if you haven't watched uh, Tia, that might be interesting. He has a completely new sleeve tattoo on his left arm i think or right arm i can't remember so that's interesting wow. first game i was like oh <laughs> got a new sleeve put on kyle young i see you that's see interesting you. that takes a while to like complete too do you so have, that was that's kind of yeah quick. do you have any <laughs> tattoos i do you do yeah i have like a little one are you able to disclose where it is it is on my foot oh okay <laughs> I, I don't, you were just seemed hesitant, so I figured you could edit this out if you didn't want me asking this question. Oh, no, yeah. It's just on my foot. I got it when I was like 18. Ah, okay. <laughs> so is it a block O? No, I wish. Ugh. It's an arrow. Those are very in when I got yeah, them. Yeah, very... Uh, oh, who's the country singer who has the song about the arrow? Um, 
Uh, Casey Musgraves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very. That's very Casey Musgraves of you. So, uh, so very hey, nice. I do it. not have any tattoos, although like, I just can't. I just, I couldn't pull it off. Like I'm just not a tattoo guy. But I've always been like, dude, that's pretty cool. I could do that. Yeah, I like can't. I, I like, admire them on other people, like sleeves and really big tattoos. But I, I agree, I couldn't sport anything like that. <laughs> okay, complete uh, tattoo tangent here. So I. <laughs> tweeted this weekend about i spent literally all of saturday putting together a a new tv stand and i talked about all the different shows that i watched while i was doing it i watched four episodes of this new show called the hustler that uh, craig ferguson hosts on abc that's really good i watched of course the ohio state basketball game was in there which i tweeted through during the game Um, i also watched an episode of the great british bake-off but i also watched an episode uh on hgtv of uh, of my lottery dream home. Have you ever watched that show? No, but it sounds amazing. Is it just like mansions? No, it's so, I mean, it depends, but because if you win the, so basically the show is this guy helps people who have won the lottery find their dream homes, which is in the name of the title. But these people win lotteries from like $1 million on a scratch off up to like the mega millions. So sometimes you get those big houses, but sometimes you get people who won a million dollars. You only get about 50 to 55, 60%. So you've got $600,000 and they're putting $300,000 into a house. So like it's, it's, uh, it runs the gamut, but I watched an episode of my lottery dream home on Saturday. I watched like three more on Sunday and you just, it's one of those shows you can just throw on in the background while you're doing something. But David, who is is the host, who actually lives uh, here in Orlando, he currently has lots and lots of tattoos, including a neck tattoo. But it's interesting because he they the shows I watched just three in a row on HGTV were clearly from different seasons because the first one, no tattoo, no neck tattoo. Second one, like one neck tattoo. And now I think he's got like a dragon all up his neck. Um, And it's very strange. He's all tatted up. Very flamboyant man. He used to host a TV show called uh, Color Splash on HGTV. But he now hosts this one. But lots of fun. So I recommend that. That's not my recommendation for the week. But my lottery dream home. So So, Tia, do you have any questions about the Ohio State basketball team that I could possibly answer for you that we have not gone over yet? Well, my question was actually going to be about Kyle Young. Because I remember... Last year, he was like mm-hmm. one of, if not the best players on the team, unless I'm making that up. Yeah, at and times. there was like a period of time where he was either sick. Was he sick? Was uh, he the one that got he, sick? I think he had mono at one point, but I think that was yeah. this year. Um, oh, okay. Well, but I don't he remember. Was, he was it out all... for something last yes, year, he got and then last year. the team like tanked. Correct. Is he? Yeah. I haven't heard his name much in the Slack channel this year. Is he not doing as well, well as he did last year? Well, the thing is, I mean, he's Ohio State's fourth leading scorer and second leading rebounder. So he's got eight points a game and basically six points oh, okay. or um, eight points per game, six rebounds per game. So he's doing fine. Ohio State is just a deeper team this year. So they have a lot of other guys who can do things similar to Kyle Young, in addition to. EJ Liddell, who gotcha. kind of plays a similar position. They've also got um, Zed Key, who is a true freshman who's also 6'8", who's a forward, who can kind of do some Kyle Young stuff. He's not necessarily like taking a ton of minutes from Kyle Young, but Zed Key's averaging 
13 minutes a game uh, as a true freshman and putting up 6.4 points per game while Kyle Young's playing 25 and a half minutes and only putting up eight. So he's losing some time to Zed Key. And there's just other guys who are more important on the team this year. They're a better shooting team this year than they were last year. So a lot of what Kyle Young does is rebound and putbacks. So they're not missing as much. I'd have to go back and check their actual percentages versus the previous year because I actually don't think they're a, a, a very good shooting team um, like percentage wise, but the, he just doesn't have as many opportunities for putbacks, but he's fine. He's not super talented. He's a guy who originally committed to Chris Holtman at Butler it, to be part of the 2017 class, but then Chris Holtman took the Ohio state job and then he came with him. So um, he's a Butler guy who's probably overachieved at Ohio state, but hasn't been necessarily great, but he's good. He's a solid role player, a glue guy, a hustler, and he's important to this team's success. Like you said, when he was out last year, they completely self-destructed. Like I said, I, I do get more into it once like March Madness starts. And Cam and I okay. always go against each other with our brackets. And every single year I have Ohio don't State do that. like in the final four. Don't do that. Just because I'm incredibly biased. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. That's that was gonna be my question. Like, I know this team is good, but like, do you see them? going all the way what is your unbiased opinion i think that this is going to be chris holtman's best ncaa tournament showing in his time in columbus i think last year actually would have been really good but it was uh it was canceled of course it all depends on who they match up with in the bracket so i don't know i would expect at least to get out of the first quote-unquote weekend because everything's changing this year because of all the games being played in Indianapolis or whatever. So, But I think they should get through the second-round game and into the Sweet 16. I think that is very much within the realm of possibility as long as they don't end up matching up with some lower-seeded team that has a huge center who can just score at will and they have nothing to stop him. Uh, (laughs) But I think they can get to the Sweet 16. Um, in the Sweet 16, according to Joe Lenardi's bracket, they would have to play Houston, who knocked them out of the NCAA tournament the last time they were in the NCAA tournament, which was 2019, obviously, because there was no 2020 tournament. So that would be an interesting rematch. Not a ton of the guys who are contributing now for Ohio State were on that team, even though it was only two years ago. Uh, but that would be an interesting matchup. And, you know, once you get to the Sweet 16, it's all about who you play and who knows if you can make it to the Elite Eight. And then maybe potentially fight for a final four spot. Um, Joe Lenardi has them in Villanova's bracket, which I think is really, really bad for Ohio State. But I'd say Sweet 16 is safe. And then depending on matchups, Elite Eight is a possibility. And it'll be fun either way. I really enjoy watching this team. They can be stressful at times uh, because they do have a tendency to like, they, they, they turn the ball over at really inopportune times. So it can be frustrating. But like, I like the guys. I think they're fun. And when they're hot, they're really hot. And they're just a fun team to watch. So I would feel comfortable putting them into the Sweet 16 and maybe one game further. Okay. I like this. I feel up to date. (laughs) Everything's up to date in Kansas City, which is a reference that nobody who listens to this podcast (laughs) will actually get. All right, welcome back. We are joined by the great and the good Meredith Hine. Meredith, thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to be here. We uh, appreciate you uh, joining us here on Stick to Sports, and I appreciate you letting me borrow your Play Like a Girl co-host so that we can actually do this show 
uh, every week. So that was very kind of you. Of course. Just here to be a good teammate for you both. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are no more teammates for the rest of this segment because you and I are going to be facing off in a Tia constructed trivia battle. We don't exactly know how this is going to work. So Tia, why don't you run through the rules real quick? Um, tell us what the questions are going to be, how we're answering all of that stuff. And then we will proceed with triviaizing. Triviaizing. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to read 10 questions. Five of them are going to be Ohio State related. Five of them are just miscellaneous. You're each going to get a couple seconds to think of your answers and then read them to me. Whoever at the end has the most correct answers wins. If it's a tie, there will be a tiebreaker question. I don't know what the award is, but we're doing this. <laughs> you can brag about it for as long as you want. Let me let me ask this question because I'm sure listeners, like all four of them, are wondering what is we are all on our computers i'm assuming um giving things a goog is not appropriate no has to be off the top of your okay. head all right i'm trusting you meredith i, I we're not doing like video on this uh, skype call but i can see you just don't don't pull any fast ones over there hey same to you fair enough all right Tia, let's okay. go what year did ohio state win their first national championship Matt, what do you have? Um, nineteen hundred and forty-six. Meredith, so I know we won one in nineteen sixty-eight. Is that the first? Nope, nineteen forty-two. Oh, that's what I. Oh man, okay, I second guessed myself, but all right, that's good, 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 good. <laughs> okay, so zero, zero. Rubbing. Let's do a non-Ohio State. <laughs> How many times did Ross Geller get divorced on Friends? Why? <laughs> I didn't watch Friends. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, I'll go with uh, three times. Meredith? Two? Three. Oh, my gosh. Carol, Emily, and Rachel. All right. My How do you have time for so many fandoms, Tia? <laughs> okay, Friends <laughs> was like my first love. <laughs> does, does the monkey not count? I mean, I guess they did kind of break up. It was a break. It but was a break. hey, you're right. So you don't want to go back on that. Okay, back to Ohio State. Which Ohio State quarterback holds the record for most career passing yards and touchdowns? Meredith. Um, Is it Justin Fields now? Matt? Uh, I believe that's uh, JT Barrett. Correct. Yeah, he played for 8 million years at Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> Which pop star is the godmother of both Elton John's sons. Meredith, you got to go first again because Matt went first twice. <laughs> I suck at this game. Madonna? Matt? Yeah, that's that's my guess as well. Lady Gaga. Are you kidding? Really? No, I know. I was like wow. very surprised by that, which I guess, is why I put it in. How I old are Elton know. John's kids? That I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was assuming they were a little older, but if they're, if, if they're younger, I guess that would make more sense. But all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Doing great over here. <laughs> okay. What is Ryan Day's wife's name? Matt. Uh, Christina. Meredith. Yep. Should I have like, so let me ask in a, in a strategery question, if I go first, if I know the answer, should I pretend like, oh man, I, who knows, Christina? Should I pretend? <laughs> yeah. You got to have like your poker face on. You are way too confident on yeah, that good, one. <laughs> good Lady Gaga reference there with poker face. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> We're doing well. Okay. Name all four of Kim and Kanye's children. Meredith. Uh, North. And that's it. 
West, East, and South. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have a better guess? No. I have North, um, uh, Blue <laughs> Ivy, Apple, and Chicago. Okay. Blue Ivy is Beyonce's. I know. It is <laughs> North, Saint, Chicago, and Song. Oh, I knew Chicago. Oh, Chicago. I knew that was in. Yeah. Good one. Okay. I think that should be a half point. I feel like Matt's surely ahead at this point. <laughs> He's only up by two. Okay, where did Ryan Day coach before coming to Ohio State? Just the one most recent to him coming to Ohio State. Meredith. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Matt? Was the San Francisco 49ers. Correct. He played at New Hampshire. Ah, he's from New Hampshire. I wasn't sure if it was the Eagles or the Niners because he... Yeah, he was only at the Niners for one year. And then before that, it was the Eagles because I thought it was the Eagles too. Okay, in what year... Did Michael Jackson die? Matt. I think it was June 25th, 2014. Meredith? Oh my gosh. Okay. I have a story if I'm wrong. I think it was 2012. It was June 25th, 2009. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. A long time ago. So I did fuck this up, but I was sorry. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, you totally allowed. So when I was in, I was in basic training in uh, 2008, and they always told, like, they tell you that people die because, like, you don't get the news, and so you know that's a real cool prank that they pulled. But they did tell us that Michael Jackson died in June of 2008, and then. I was like, wait, did he actually die then? Or did they just tell me he died then? And that's what I associate with it. Well, he died in 2009. Yeah. So he obviously didn't die. But they did tell me he died in 2008. Oh, my God. No, it was so weird. It's mean. Yeah. <laughs> they tell you all sorts of weird stuff. Wait, and then you, like, said, you said they I said told you in 2008, but you guessed 2012. I know. I like. I was thinking oh, about, that was the was fucking thinking about being in the Air Force, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got commissioned in 2012, and then I was like, oh, no, it was when I was in basic training, which was 2008. But, you know, I was wrong on both counts, so. Okay, I don't know why I'm, like, going with these, like, name questions, but what are both J.T. Barrett's and J.K. Dobbins' full names? I forget who went first. I think it was Matt. So, Meredith. That's a really quick, great question. Um I have no idea. So we're going to go with uh, Justin Tucker Barrett <laughs> and uh, John Kirk Dobbins. <laughs> Close. <laughs> uh, Matt. I, I believe it, I will go with Jonathan Thomas Barrett and <laughs> just kidding. Stop. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. No. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Joe Thomas Barrett the Fourth. Are, are you kidding? I'm not. Joe Thomas? Yes. And I chose Justin Tucker? <laughs> like, is that like. <laughs> no, John Tucker must die. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that movie. <laughs> oh, great movie. Um, and JK is Jacqueline Dobbins. Son of a motherless goat. <laughs> I mean, you guys were really close. Um, okay. Last question. What franchise team is the oldest in professional football history? 
Matt. Oldest team in professional football, American football, I assume, uh, history. Correct. Um, the Chicago Bears. Meredith? Um, yeah, it's probably the Bears. It's the Cardinals. Really? Yeah, I know. I was surprised by that. Meredith, you got one right. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, you got four. So it wasn't even close. And I'm actually surprised that you guys didn't know the answer to some of those. Suck it, Trebek. (laughs) Give us the tiebreaker. Let's see if we can redeem ourselves on the tiebreaker. I didn't even, like, I couldn't pick one. So I just have this random, like, trivia site pulled up and I was going to ask you guys where is it? What was the first feature length animated film ever released? Snow White. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how is that a tiebreaker? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a random fact and that you, like, like I feel her. like you equally would have known. <laughs> yeah, but like you didn't even give me a chance to answer. Oh, I'm <laughs> she sorry. I know, but I usually get the... Okay, give us one more. Come on, I'm not done with this. Let's go. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm claiming that point. <laughs> <laughs> what it. is the highest grossing film of all time without taking inflation into account, Matt? Uh, that's Avengers Endgame. Meredith. Without inflation? Titanic? No, it is Avengers Endgame, but Titanic is listed as an option on this site. <laughs> what she means is like, don't uh, don't like make it equal. Like don't eliminate. A, oh, uh, so don't bring the $1997 to the $2,021. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Give us one that more and then we'll wrap okay. it up here to you. Should I do like Ohio State related? Because this is another name one that comes to mind that is kind of. Oh my gosh. And that's oh, the, the names to The name ones suck. Those are terrible questions. <laughs> know jt barrett's full name okay that Did is you common know knowledge yes i even knew really? jk's yeah i don't know why i knew it it was just available have, in my brain <laughs> i have the memory of a goldfish so i don't want to hear <laughs> come on let's go okay okay um what does dumbledore give to ron in his will meredith the deluminator Matt. Considering I have never seen a Harry Potter movie or read a Harry Potter book, I'm going to go with whatever the hell Meredith just said. <laughs> Meredith is correct. I had no idea I'm either. I'm correct too. <laughs> I was smart enough to just go along with whatever the hell Meredith said. That's not how it works, unfortunately. Gotta end on the high note. <laughs> All right. Well, that was an absolute utter disaster, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate the effort from you, Tia. I feel like it was really me and Meredith versus Tia at the I end there, which was kind of which like, was why kind of better. I sweating we were, right we now. were on the same team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was wrong. Um, so, Meredith, thank you so much for being a part of this. Your consolation prize um, will be arriving in the mail in three to six decades. <laughs> so, um, everybody else, we will be back after this word from our sponsor. All right, Tia, it is time for our recommendations. I told you before we started that I was a little worried we might have the same one this week. I don't think we do because you seem to think that I wasn't going to pick yours. Um, So do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You go first because I'm very intrigued. Okay. I have a video um, that is of a Columbus native, which I thought was appropriate, but it is probably one of the most viral things that I have seen on social media this past week. It is from UCLA Gymnastics, and it is... Oh, my gosh. Is this yours? 
No, but okay. I watched this like no less than 20 times. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, Denise Nia, who actually had a, a routine of hers go viral last year as well. She is, like I said, a Columbus native. She did this routine um, celebrating black excellence. She has the, the routine that went viral last year was actually uh, a Beyonce inspired one. But this one has songs from Kendrick Lamar, Beyonce again, Missy Elliott, Elliot, uh, Megan Thee Stallion and others. Drake is in there as as well and it's just like the most fun thing celebrating black music celebrating black dance moves she throws in a little stepping which when i was at ohio state one of the coolest things to go watch especially if you were in the greek community was the annual step show um so there's like that kind of stuff. She said that she wanted it to be a dance party and, and like get her teammates involved, but you can watch these girls and women on the sidelines of her floor, like dancing along with her. Uh, it was just fun. Like it was so cool to see this young black female athlete celebrating yeah. being a young black woman. And for the fact that like it was, a, a, a 9.95 scored routine so like obviously it was really really good it's just really really impressive um very very cool i have always really enjoyed the floor exercises in gymnastics maybe it's the theater person and me because they're like part dance a little bit of parkour in there which is something that i am oddly uh interested in just like i love that stuff i don't know anything yeah. about it like i if you would have sh like when i watched this the first time i was like i have no idea if this is like good from a gymnastics standpoint but like i know it's cool and i know i want to watch it multiple times <laughs> um the reaction has been fantastic missy elliott who is in there like she um tweeted about it it's just a very cool thing. Another Columbus native, Simone Biles, tweeted about how incredible it was. Really just a, uh, a very, very cool thing. And uh, love seeing the Columbus native do great things at UCLA, even though she didn't go to Ohio State <laughs> to uh, pursue her gymnastics career. So I had no idea she was a Columbus native. Yeah, she, there's a great... That's amazing. I learned that. She's a great story um, in the Los Angeles Times about this, which I will link to. Uh, I'll give it to you, Tia, to put in the show notes. And uh, it has the full video from UCLA Gymnastics. It is a very, very good watch. I'm with you. I love gymnastics floor performances. And like every... if When I yeah. watch them in the Olympics... I literally am like, wow, that was incredible. And then the judges hold up this low score. I'm like, wait, no, that yeah. was intense. I don't know if you saw that tweet that went viral, but I think it was like pro football focus tweeted it. And it was like, is Tom Brady the best oh athlete of all time? And it's like, okay, did you not see that video? Yeah. Like, no, no, he is not. It was, it, it was, I don't, pro football focus might've retweeted. It was some random sports guy. I don't even know who the hell he is, but like, like, have you not paid attention to people who don't play football? Because, like, Venus Williams, yeah. I've retweeted something that said, like, right. Serena Williams won her 23rd Grand Slam while pregnant. She wins. Right. Like, like, at least compared to Tom Brady. Like, you can argue, you know, track and field people, decathletes might be better athletes. That's fine. But, like, putting Serena versus Tom Brady, she wins every time. And it's not yeah. close. No, it's not close at all. He, yeah, sure. He is arguably the best quarterback. It's fine. In the history of football, but you can't say that he is a better athlete than these gymnasts or Serena Williams. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. But yeah, that video also, oh, I so will good. stand so Simone good. Biles, who is the most decorated uh, gymnast, you know, in American gymnastics history and like the third most decorated gymnast in the entire history of the world and also a Columbus native 
over the former Michigan quarterback. Like there's, (laughs) I will just never not favor anybody, especially a Columbus native over Tom Brady. 100%. Uh, All right, Tia. So if that is not your recommendation, what is your recommendation this week? My recommendation is the podcast Office Ladies. And I don't know if I recommended this already. I don't think you have. Okay. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with uh, Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher. And the blonde lady from The Office, yeah. whose name I can't remember at this point. Angela Kinsey. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so Angela plays Angela, Jenna Fisher plays Pam, and they host a podcast called Office Ladies where they go episode by episode of The Office. This is obviously a podcast for Office fans. Otherwise, you will not know what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> and they just talk about like the behind the scenes and all these like interesting, fun facts about every single episode. And they have these amazing like little tidbits about a certain scene, like maybe this is why they wrote that in or who wrote that line. Or like Jenna Fisher says that they had to write in her second pregnancy in the show because she actually was pregnant. And then their first kid who appears on the show is actually her niece. Like, Fun facts like that. So it's so good. And the only reason I thought of it, because I actually listen to this religiously. I don't know how I haven't thought of it until now. But they actually won <laughs> Podcast of the Year at the iHeart Podcast Awards. Yeah, I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> Did you guys like, were you nominated? No, no. Those oh, okay. podcasts, those things that win those are like the ones with like super famous people. Like our hosts are like moderately famous in the true crime podcast world. So I gotcha. Okay. But yeah, it's really good. But it's also like completely different towards yours. Yeah, so, you no, know, I'm not really you're in different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but speaking of that, like I as we continue to develop shows, like I really want to do a series recap show like that. I've had some ideas that unfortunately have gotten stolen by other people doing them, even with the exact same people that I've wanted to do. But <laughs> w- if you could think of another show that you would listen to a podcast going back and and revisiting old episodes. Can you think of one off the top of your head? Only How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> right, because you just finished. It's amazing, right? Fin- oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, I don't know that that has the same appeal as The Office, but... Yeah, like, there wouldn't be that many fun facts. No, but it was really good. But yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, so interesting. I learned something new. I really wanted to do a Saved by the Bell one with Mark Paul Gossler. He's already doing that. I really wanted to do a Sopranos one with, um, oh, I forget the guy's name, but he's doing one now. Um, So that's a little frustrating, but eh. Whatever. All right, though, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Langer and Holy Land Stick to Sports Podcast. If you are finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. And if you like our particular brand of weirdness that we are supplying, please leave us a rating and review five stars only, please. Also, follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. Tia, give them the litany. <laughs> I am at Tia Johnston underscore on everything. My dogs, Buddy and Bella, are at Buddy and Bella underscore. My shop is at Philly Thrifts. Thank you to Meredith for joining us. And uh, thank you to all 2.76 of you that are still listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.